0: podcast of The Next CMO hosted by Plana. My name is Kelsey Kraft, and I'm the senior marketing manager.
1: Uh, And I'm Peter, and I'm the founder and CEO here of Plana.
0: For this week, we have Jacob Pace, the CEO of FlightHouse, as our guest. FlightHouse is the leading digital entertainment brand for the next generation. And as a multi-platform media brand, we thought we would discuss the rapidly growing platform of TikTok. Fight House currently has 1 billion views each month, and that's billion with a B. Welcome Jacob, how's your day going so far?
2: It's going good, how about you guys?
0: Doing well. It's Doing awesome.
1: Well. I'm so excited to talk to you guys about this today, Jacob, because <laughs> I, as, as we were saying earlier, my, my uh, youngest daughter is uh, 18, almost 19, and she wow. is exactly in the TikTok uh, generation. Yeah. And, uh, and it was super, and is seeing a lot of your work out there, by the That's way, awesome. it was super excited. So, so cool. uh, so I'm, I'm super pumped. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, thanks for joining us. I
2: love to hear that. That's amazing. Thank you Me guys.
0: So, especially with all the TikToks going around too, just with, um, you know, hospitals and nurses, it's, it's great to see the liveliness and people keeping their spirits high, but you know, Jacob, tell us a little bit about Fly house. I know you're the CEO there. What exactly do you guys do?
2: Yeah, totally. So there's kind of a a few different ways that we sort of work, uh, you know, internally and kind of with other brands. But, um, so, you know, kind of the forward facing side of what a lot of people see, um, you know, including, including Peter's daughter is a lot of our content on our TikTok page. Um, so we're almost at 25 million followers. We're at 24.5 right now. So, you know, we're, we're close to getting there. Um, but, yeah, we essentially put out just a lot of, um, you know, short form kind of micro content uh, anywhere between the ranges of, you know, 20 to 30 to 40 seconds on our TikTok per episode. And then we take those versions, uh, turn them into, you know, full length, three to five minute versions and and roll them out kind of on our YouTube channel. Um, and as I was saying earlier, I mean, I think we we kind of have a DNA within um, game shows and kind of uh, you know, a, a lot of music sort of being baked into our brand because um, that's sort of how we got big on, you know, musically before it was TikTok was we were uploading a lot of edits and remixes and the community really liked them. And so we were able to get a big following like that. Um, and then, you know, everyone always asks, how do you guys make money? And the answer is we have actually kind of a white label agency that we call Flighthouse Media. And so with that agency, we work with probably, Um, you know, we probably run, I don't know, north of, uh, you know, 30 campaigns a month right now um, for record labels to promote songs. And uh, yeah, I mean, look, like, I think because of that attention, we've started to have brands knock on our door, Um, you know, big multi-billion dollar name brands, uh, you know, that you can find in the store. And so uh, they, you know, they've started to kind of contact us and and figure out how to tap into the magic. So, you know, I think it's really cool to have kind of both sides of of a media company in that sense. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much what we are, what we do. And, um, you know, I think the goal for this year is to just get, continue to get more multi-platform, uh, you know, with our content and just kind of diversify the business and and use the leverage to continue to grow.
1: Well, that's, that's great, Jacob. And one of the things that I found really interesting was, of course, you guys are located in Hollywood and you've got, you described it as having a music DNA. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, it's really cool. You can see the musicality of totally. what you do in, totally. in TikTok in general. And I can totally. see see how that would really apply to just the content and the approach that you take in general. So it's it's, yeah. it's super exciting. So one thing that I'd love you to do is, because I know you guys have really carved out uh, a specialty in, in TikTok as well as other media channels. But tell our audience a little bit about sort of, the history of TikTok, right? And sort of what it all is and sort of place it in the field of social media and uh, for the people who are listening today who may be a little bit less familiar besides the fact that maybe their kids are listening to it.
2: (laughs) Totally. Um, Yeah, so, you know, TikTok initially got started. um, So there's there's kind of two sides of the story, right? And then eventually it sort of merges into one. Um, I believe there, so there's this big, you know, like $75 billion company uh, you know, based out of China called ByteDance. And they were the original ones that sort of came up with TikTok, and TikTok had already kind of been a product. And while this was occurring and having success in different countries like India and, you know, uh, China and, and, you know, um, you know Korea, um, you know, there was this kind of this app called Musical.ly that had been around since I think like 2015, 16-ish. And it started to kind of gain a lot of momentum and, you know, this kind of got started here within the U.S. And essentially what the app was is, you know, a lot of people refer to it as a lip syncing app. And so there was a lot of, you know, young kids, teenagers that would hop on and lip sync their favorite songs and, you know, make these cool transition videos. And it blew up and it created, you know, a lot of big celebrities. Um, you know, like Lauren Gray and you know Baby Ariel and Jacob Sartorius and you know kids that have millions of followers uh, still to this day. And you know, when there was a time when uh, you know basically we had kind of gotten started on Musically um, and we were uploading because we realized that you know music was such a big part of the platform uh, and and remix culture especially was such a big part of the platform. Um, you know, these kids like you, they would. There, there was often times where rather than the official version of a song, what was bigger than the original version was a remix of the song. So it might've been sped up or it might've been slowed down or there might've been a bass drop. And um, these versions were oftentimes more popular than the original versions because there was just more you could do with the song and it sounded different and it was like kind of fun. And so we were, you know, kind of the main page that was uploading a lot of these remixes and getting a lot of attention and, you know, Flight House was kind of all over these kids' pages. And when basically ByteDance acquired Musical.ly, I think for like a billion dollars or something like that. And, you know, they started to kind of roll out TikTok as a brand in the U.S. And, you know, I'll be honest, I think when it first happened, you know, you just never know where what what direction these things are going to go. And we had actually kind of been, you know, pivoting towards – towards a bunch of different directions. We were experimenting with original YouTube content and a lot of this stuff was pretty expensive. I mean, it was like, you know, uh, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, uh, you know, per series that we were rolling out is very expensive content. And the reason we were doing it was because, you know, we looked at Musical.ly and we were like, you know, we feel like this sort of has uh, some kind of a cap or, you know, the stats are kind of on the decline. And there was a lot of conversation in the industry where people are like, hey, so that's it. Like Musical.ly is kind of dying, right? And so when Musically got acquired for the better, obviously, um, the, you know, TikTok did a really good job at, you know, diversifying the content and onboarding the right people and getting the right creators. And I think right now it's just so undeniably baked into, you know, mainstream culture. And, and I think to describe what TikTok is, um, it's essentially a sort of a short form, you know, mobile video app where you, you it's a really easy user experience. You log on. You don't even need an account. Scroll you scroll down through these videos, and you get served you know anything from comedy to DIY to sometimes our content. And based on what you like, it'll start to feed you more of those kinds of videos. So the algorithm uh, really tries to learn what it is that you like. And uh, yeah, I think at this point, you know, I think they have uh, I think like over a billion users globally, or something like that, or over a, I think they've surpassed over a billion downloads. I don't know where they're at user wise, but um, it's really cool to see where it's at. And I just think it's, uh, you know, really cool time to, to, uh, you know, ride that wave into something bigger.
0: Yeah. Jacob, I was reading a stat and, you know, in the last 12 months, um, the user base has tripled.
2: Wow. I
0: wonder, you know, maybe that's because people are are, are at home or whatnot, but I just thought it was very interesting. And This is obviously a a really rapidly growing platform, but I guess my question for you is how does a typical business or how should a typical business really leverage this?
2: Yeah, totally. Um, so look, I think that's where, you know, there's a, there's a few different ways. And I think we're trying to help create kind of the standard for how companies can kind of leverage it. Um, I mean, you know, there's obviously kind of the typical answer of the fact that TikTok itself is kind of a platform that, you know, works with these brands to create advertising packages. And, you know, I think you've seen like, you know, Chipotle's done it a handful of times and, uh, you know, Kroger I've seen do it a few times. And so, you know, you generally have these brands where, you know, they pay big money to get on the front page. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, hundreds of millions of users that are, you know, watching your, your hashtag or your dance, but. I think the key part, and and this is such a delicate line that it's even very difficult for us to do. So, you know, you're you're talking about you know people that spend so much time on the app, uh, you know, which you know is is the, my team, you know, is who I'm referring to, uh, you know, including myself. And even for us, it's really difficult sometimes to you know kind of balance the line between uh, you know branded content, but at the same time also providing genuine value to the person on on TikTok because uh you know the reality of it is it's it's not just as simple as uh you know uploading a photo like it is on Instagram or you know just kind of you, you can't really just get away with that you kind of have to be a little bit more creative and so we've been doing this for about 6 months but there's a handful of pages that we work with we work with Cutco and they have this page called the knife life on TikTok and i think we've grown it to I need to check the stat, but I know it was in like the tens of thousands of followers. And essentially what we do is we just make DIY videos using their knives and uh, you know, they're really visually appealing and stunning and they get a lot of traction. Um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of been one way that we've been able to sort of onboard a brand.
1: The example that you brought up is a really good one because it sounds like you're doing what, what most smart people would recommend is being authentic to the brand and yeah. being appropriate to the channel. So yeah. I think those things are really important. So if, for instance, you had something, if you have a brand that's sort of all buttoned up and stoic, I don't know if it's the right channel. Maybe you could creatively think of a way to do it. I don't know, right? right. I don't know enough right. about it. Uh, but certainly if you have, uh, you have a consumer brand uh, and you have something, like you said, where you've created an experience that is visual and compelling, the, the trick is, I think, tr- not trying to hide that it it is promotional. The the worst thing I think to do is sneakily embed your brand inside some uh, some person's content, uh, yeah. and then all of a sudden so, it just you feel tricked as a consumer.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. And and, I, and look, I think it's funny because I'm always kind of, you know, the kind of person where. Um, you know, I I'll sort of think back to like you know TikTok a year ago, and I you know I like I hear this from so many people, and you know you gotta have, you gotta always remind yourself to just kind of stay present and you know not beat yourself up too much over you know for lack of a better term failures or mistakes that you might make in your life. Um, but you know what I was gonna say is like I think about TikTok and where it was a year ago, and I'm like man like we should have you know. Like we're, we're moving at as quick as we can. Like we want to scale without compromising the quality that we try to incorporate into a lot of our products. Um, but what I was going to say though, is like, as we grow, I think a really, 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 really important thing for us. And something that's going to hopefully, you know, set us apart is creating IP and creating personalities that know exactly how to organically fit brands into the content that we're producing. So obviously there's kind of the marketing expertise where yes, we can look at a brand like Cutco and say, hey, you know, we don't think you should try and sell your knives immediately on TikTok. Let's just start by making this dope content. Let's make it visually bright and appealing and let's make it cool and let's let's cut you know, let's cut like styrofoam and show how cool that is on a close-up, and, you know, make it really visually appealing. Um, but you know, just the more conversations I have, I guess what I was saying is like, you know, I think I kind of need to remind myself that while it feels like, you know, there's a lot of opportunity we could have had a long time ago, it's also just kind of getting started as far as just this demographic on TikTok and, you know, them picking their favorite shows and personalities. And so, You know, we're learning a lot right now, but I'm excited to just, uh, you know, really create this kind of universe of, you know, brands, products and personalities where, you know, they're we're not trying to hide anything by sponsoring a product or or a brand or whatever it might be, you know, but it's just it's just true to who they are.
1: Yeah. So how how would you help uh, a a brand develop their their strategy for for TikTok? So you you mentioned uh, you mentioned this this knife company. Uh, and, and it sounds like you guys thought through that. Is there what should a brand think through as they're starting to develop their 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 strategy for for TikTok or any social media, but specifically TikTok? I think because TikTok. it's of its uh,
2: yeah.
1: unique place in the world right now.
2: Totally. I mean, I think uh, I think the biggest thing is I think there's a balance between sort of hopping on trends and then kind of finding your own voice. Um, because you don't want to totally hop on trends to the point where it becomes like, you know, cringy. Right. Right. Uh, But then you also want to be kind of in tune with what's going on. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, look, I think, I think the biggest thing that I will say, and this is something that I would actually argue that brands probably have, you know, more power to do versus an agency like us. But I mean, that's why they pay us is to get involved like this is, Like, I I always believe at the end of the day, no one's gonna know or care about your brand more than you do, right? Like, we're here to kind of support and help and guide and give direction, but at the end of the day, no one's gonna care about it as much as you do. Um, And so, like, as a brand, it's really simple. Like, I think people overcomplicate TikTok a little bit. It's really simple. If you're a brand or if you're a business owner, like, so many people are quick to say, I don't understand TikTok without even spending time on it, right? But it's like, if you just spend some time Like, just spend, like, you know, 30 minutes max. But even if you spend, like, 5 to 10 minutes on TikTok, I think you'll kind of pick up what it is and what the sense of humor is.
1: It's impossible, I can tell you from personal experience, to spend 5 minutes on TikTok. You go (laughs) so far down that rabbit hole.
2: That's what everyone says. Yeah,
1: I'm bored in the house. I'm in the house bored.
2: Yeah, right. Well, here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying is, is as a brand – if you're, you know, if you're a burrito shop owner, or I don't know, or let's just say you're like, uh, yeah, let's just say you're you're a restaurant owner. And you're like, what do I do with TikTok? And you scroll through and you see, um, you know, it's hard to define them right now. But like any number of trends, just think about like, how could my restaurant be incorporated into this trend? Do I show my people? Do I show my food? Do I show, you know what I mean? Or even as we talked about before this call, you know, there's so many... Uh, medical workers right now that are having fun on the app and and you know it's blowing up so it's like I think uh, again as if you spend time on the app you'll realize what sets your business apart mm-hmm. so it could be uh, the fact that like nobody like nobody has. Ah, uh, the location, the people, or the resources to make a behind the scene, like a, a a behind the scenes video in the kitchen with kitchen employees. Nobody else can do that other than a restaurant owner. So I think if you were to, you know, do stuff like that and do like the dance, the weekend dance, or whatever it might be, uh, the blinding lights challenge. Um, you know, I think it's just it's kind of a way. And so, uh, but I, I look, I think the biggest thing, and, and this is such a big thing when it comes to social media generally speaking, is. There's a few ways that like you can kind of get away sometimes with, you know, let's call it a sales funnel where, uh, you know, you kind of show off your product in a way that expresses immediate interest, right? Like I've seen people where they're like, uh, you know, Hey, here are the before and after, you know, edits of my photos. And then you have people commenting like, these are so dope. Like where can I buy the presets and blah, 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 blah. Right. So like there's those immediate conversions sometimes, but I think the biggest thing is even when that person is making that content from what I've seen, the most successful people don't think about how they're going to convert their customer. They're thinking about how can I make the best content? Cause if you think about how you can make the best content, the customer will eventually convert. Right. And that's kind of the whole idea behind it.
1: I, I think that's really right on it's uh, yeah. it, you know, the, it, and it's back to this authenticity. Uh, yeah. I, I think the probably the, the most single valuable piece of advice that you've given us today is don't be cringy I think is the word right so that that's sort of the
2: And uh... here's the thing right and 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 it's easier said than done but it's also not because at the end of the day it's like you know what makes you comfortable and you know what doesn't make you comfortable if you're doing stuff that doesn't make you comfortable stop doing it right um so I think it's just you know just this is a this is a big thing and it's it's a hard thing like it's a hard personal thing to get over for a lot of people, but it's just like, be somewhat proud of what you put out, you know? Um, Yeah.
0: Jacob, I want to dive into, you know, the generation and the target audience you're going after. It's no surprise that, you know, Gen Z is all over TikTok. And I want to know where you found success in marketing to these individuals, you know, knowing that there's such a growing population and also they're going to be taking over the workforce, if not already.
2: I mean, you know, I think it kind of goes back to, uh, you know, what, what, Peter and I were kind of talking about earlier, which is um, you know, just just kind of speaking to them in in an authentic way. Um, and also like, you know, I was kind of talking about one of our more popular segments called Finish the TikTok lyrics um and uh and and dance charades. And those are two segments where, you know, it really incorporates the the kind of sound of you know the generation, which is like very, very influenced by TikTok. Um, and, you know, music is just such a big part of, of the narrative. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just, um, you know, I, I think we've kind of approached that product in a really organic way. So it's easier to kind of speak to that from a content perspective, because I think we've been able to kind of figure out, um, you know, what they're interested in. And the cool thing about finish the TikTok lyric, and everybody says this about the segment is you can kind of play along with it. Because as you see the talent finishing the TikTok lyric, you can also think in your head, Oh wait, what song is that? And then kind of gets the lyric yourself, and so um, it kind of gives the audience an opportunity to play along as well, and so it's very interactive. Um, So that's been you know really really engaging for us. And then I mean I think just you know like we were kind of talking about earlier, I think um, it's definitely important to you know be on the platform for brands, Uh, and I think you know it's definitely important because it, it kind of keeps your brand top of mind and. And I I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that, you know, statistically brands that have more of a a presence and and success on TikTok are probably, you know, compared to their competitors, um, you know, just from a sales perspective, you know, if it's a food chain or whatever it might be, are probably, um, you know, crushing it compared to them. Because I definitely, you know, without naming names, I see a lot of competitors where it's like the, you know, the A side, B side, where it's like, you know one restaurant and it's obvious competitor and you just notice one restaurant just having way more of a presence on there. And then you, mm-hmm. you know, you look at the stock or whatever it might be and you just kind of make sense like why that company's bigger is cause they're, they're keeping on top yeah. of it. But to answer the question simply, um, I think just, just really spending time to understand the platform like we were talking about earlier, music is such a big part of the platform, especially the songs that we are kind of a part of. Um, so naturally, a game show incorporating their favorite songs would be a hit. And I think there's a lot of stuff, um, you know, when it comes to the, to the music side of things that I think, uh, you know, they, they would be really into.
1: So one of the things I like about the platform, uh, there's some things I don't like about the platform, but one of the things I like about the platform, uh, is that it's very participative. So it, it actually gets people to do stuff in real life and film it, uh, and, whether it's they're doing a dance and they do things with their friends or things like And so it's, it's less of a passive consumption, consumption thing. Obviously there's a lot of consumption, But because it's really focused on having people you know create these really short easy things they're actually doing stuff which is which is kind of cool so it's fun to see and you see all these people in quarantine time doing things with their families and and stuff like that It, it can be a little tricky because there's there's also this sort of uh you know sort of elitist kind of influencer stuff that that can be a little tricky i think for especially for young kids Um, But it's interesting. One one of the things I'd I'd love to know is who are the, who are sort of the big TikTok personalities that we should all know about that, that maybe people that you've worked with before that, that are, that are influential?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, you know, the most obvious one, have you guys heard of Charlie (laughs) D'Amelio?
1: No, it's the most obvious (laughs) to anyone who's cool. You realize who you're talking to.
2: Dude, she just hit 50 million followers. Um she's I think she's the biggest account on TikTok right now. But she she's been in our studio a few times and we've done some really really cool stuff with her. And she is just anything anything she touches is just like blows up. Um so there's like Charlie D'Amelio, um Addison Ray who's like one of her friends. She's also really really big. Um there's like this kid, Lil Huddy. Uh there's like The Hype House, which is like the collective of kind of creators and TikTokers um, but yeah, I think Charlie's kind of the poster child of TikTok right now. She's huge. I bet your kids know her.
1: They, they probably <laughs> do. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. And I should not admit that I don't know her now. Now she's going to have her people uh, get after me, probably because <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> I'm not supportive enough. So hey, I, she's I
2: huge. I mean, she had a Super Bowl commercial as well.
1: That is insane. That is, insane. That is insane. And and she's probably crazy. like 13 or something, right? One of these people.
2: Yeah, she's, she's, uh, she just turned 16.
1: Oh my God. It's terrible. Million followers. I think my sweater's more than 16 years old. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty bad. So, hey, I saw you were recently nominated, uh, in the Rolling Stones future 25, uh, most innovative social media companies of 2020. So congrats. Yeah. That is super awesome. Uh, so, uh, why do you think they picked, uh, picked you guys besides the obvious?
2: Yeah. Aside from being, uh, Charming and good looking. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> I always say I have a face uh, for podcasts.
2: I know, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, we kind of caught it at a at a really cool time uh, where Flight House is is really is is pretty unique. Um, because you know we're sort of one of a kind there's not really another brand like us on the platform we're not just another influencer we're an actual content channel uh you know and, and the biggest you know based on based on followers um so you know look i think rolling stone kind of a music publication music is such a big part of what tiktok is we've broken a lot of records i think we've had like 17 i mean look not that like because of us it became a hot 100 song but we've been a part of. Uh, 17 campaigns that have hit the Hot 100. Um, so, you know, that's obviously something that to a music publication like Rolling Stone, I think they find impressive. And then, you know, the fast company one, uh, same thing. I mean, I think we're just, I, I think the biggest thing, without even going into a lot of detail, because there's no need, is, you know, we're a one of a kind content brand on TikTok, and we're the biggest. Um, and we've also kind of cracked the code, one of the, you know, one of the best to crack the codes for for brands. And so. Um I just think cuz TikTok's getting so much attention naturally you know we're going to be a part of that narrative too cuz we're building our brand on TikTok so yeah mm-hmm. I think we just kind of caught it at a cool time
1: well, that's great, and and hopefully now now that you've got all these uh, millions of uh, followers on on TikTok, you can uh, you can have a couple more followers in the in the world of CMOS who uh, who care about this stuff. So uh, yeah, no, so, totally. su- that's s- the goal. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Super excited to get uh, one. I think this this topic and in in your. Depth of understanding and perception in this area is is really important and relevant for for our audience. So thanks for yeah, sharing it. I think course. it's it, it's really great. Uh, so no, it's I that,
0: definitely agree. Ignoring a uh, social media channel, you know, ends up biting you in the butt later on because they are so relevant in today's uh, society to just give content. So you know, besides downloading TikTok and following you guys on TikTok, how else can we uh, learn about your company?
2: Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we have an Instagram as well. You can look us up on YouTube. Um, we actually have a, a website. I think our website's launching Monday for our agency side of the business. Um, so that's got a good amount of content on it with just, like, case studies, and we're going to have a blog. Um, but, yeah, I think you're going to see – I think the marketing world is going to see the name a lot more because we really haven't – we've kind of kept quiet for a long time, but I think now we're, we have enough people and enough case studies to kind of go – out in public and sort of talk more about what we have going on. So, um, yeah, our website's going to be flighthousemedia.com. Um, so yeah, I think marketers can check that out and just kind of see what we're up to.
1: Great. Well, I think it should be live, uh, by the time that we post because we'll, we'll post sometime uh, early next week. So, so definitely check it out. Uh, so really fantastic to, uh, to have the discussion with you today.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: Thanks so much guys.
0: Thanks. Uh, That's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Appreciate your time, Jacob. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Make sure to follow The Next CMO and Plana on Twitter and LinkedIn. And if you have any ideas for topics or guests, you can email them at thenextcmo at Plana.com. Have a great day, everyone.